Hello and welcome to Outspoken, your dose of the hottest influencer and pop culture news twice a week. I'm Kate Torber and I'm joined by my sister and journalist Sophie. On today's show, Benefit's PR disaster as their Hawaiian influencer trip is slammed. Talia Skane says she was trapped in her relationship with ex Mitch Third, And bad news for Australian single women as Sammy Robinson joins the dating apps. But first... So if Amy is not here today because she is still moving, can you believe it? I think it's going to take a whole week for her to move her possessions to her new house. It's been the week from hell. So just to give some perspective for the listeners, Amy got the keys to her new house on the weekend and Kate and I were keys to the shed. Well, the shed. And Kate and I were under the impression that a lot of moving had taken place. A lot of packing had gone on. So when I rocked up on Tuesday to assist Amy with the move, she welcomed me to her house and said, wow, can you believe I've moved this much stuff already? And I literally (laughs) walked in and was in awe because everything was still in the kitchen cupboards. Everything was in the bathroom cupboards. There were some rooms that hadn't been touched. It's like they missed the step to actually pack because Tuesday was the day where they rented the removalist van. And Sophie, we've moved a lot in our past with rentals. And usually that's the day where everything is packed up in a box in the hallway. And all you have to do is come in, pick it up and take it out. However, I packed up Amy's whole kitchen. What did you, you packed up? countless rooms. Well, it worried me because when I rocked up, I was there a few hours before everyone and there were no boxes to put anything in. So (laughs) I don't know what was going on. And we took a first load of stuff in the car to Amy's house. And that's where you met us, Kate. And you were like, oh, let's start unpacking. Let's get the cups in, you know, the kitchen cupboards and everything. And I said, Kate, I I think you're unaware of what we are meeting back at. But I didn't want Amy to think that I was having a go at her. So I kind of stayed a bit tight-lipped on how bad it actually was back there. Yeah. I mean, I was oblivious to the situation. I brought my label maker thinking that I was going to be at the new house working out where everything goes. So I was under the impression that I'd just be doing that. I didn't know I'd be putting in the hard yards packing things. The disturbing thing is that they have opted to clean their rental. (laughs) They are not getting professional assistance. And I think it's going to be a long couple of days for Amy and Dale. Mm, I think I'll be washing my hair that weekend. Oh my God, the cherry on top of the cake is Dale has also decided this week to get his wisdom teeth taken out. So he will be out of action on Thursday. That's probably actually quite a clever move because Mm. you don't have to do anything then. I'm just saying take it easy, all right? All of us, just take it easy, right? Nothing's got easy. I'm just saying take it easy. I'm trying to say take it easy without starting a panic. I mean, what is going on? (laughs) Mr. Faulkner, take it easy. Talia Skeynes has thrown the ultimate shade at her ex-boyfriend, Mitch Third whilst answering questions about her new man, Jake Sajano. The Gold Coast influencer was recently in Bali with her new man and it appeared to be a mixture of business and pleasure on the trip because the couple were there for a month. Now, he is a property developer or an entrepreneur, so he has been developing a couple of villas in Bali. And of course, we all know that Talia owns Villa Tami with her ex-boyfriend, Mitch Third. Now, in a Q&A, Talia was asked if she was going to introduce her new man to her followers because she recently put out a vlog. And basically, we just saw the same sort of thing. It was pictures of his arms covered in tattoos, his legs covered in tattoos. We didn't get to meet him properly at all, which was a bit disappointing. Mm, It was sort of like a soft launch, even though he's been launched. It's funny, I was watching this with Brandon and he has watched a lot of Talia and Mitch vlogs with me. 
And his rundown was that the vlogs were really lacking that comedy from Mitch Third. Yeah, well, you need some dynamic between two people. Like it just gets boring if it's just the one person narrating everything and they're posing and doing all that sort of stuff. You need the comic relief of the boyfriend paying the girl Mm. out. Yeah, Mm. I think it has been lacking a lot. Now, it was quite disappointing because Talia did respond saying that she is still undecided about sharing her new relationships in the vlog. She said, I am just really enjoying having some of my life private at the moment. It's nice to feel super happy and it's so great that you can all see it. She then continued saying, I know what it can be like to have a very public relationship, but to feel very trapped. And yes, my previous relationship was very public, but at the end of the day, you guys actually have no idea what goes on behind closed doors or what has been going on the past eight or so months since the split that part has been difficult for me I wish she would tell us I I mean obviously I don't think she can because she has hinted to there being some legal battles in place so obviously she has to keep quiet but oh I just feel you know you feel so invested in the relationship because we've watched it all on YouTube it is so interesting to know what's really going on behind the scenes in terms of that legal reference Talia did touch on that a couple of vlogs ago so she told her followers that they would be mind blown if they knew some of the shit that she was dealing with behind closed doors and that she was having to visit her lawyer over those matters now later in the vlog she also said that she knows what it's like to be owed a lot of money from someone it's quite obvious who she is referring to. And just to remind people, Talia and Mitch used to own loungewear business Third Fix together. And as I mentioned, they also own Villa Tami together. It hasn't actually been announced what is happening with the villa, although both of them have recently travelled over to Bali. I'm guessing to have discussions with the people that they have purchased the land off. I did find it interesting all these references to her past relationship. It's almost like she was providing context to why she feels like she shouldn't be introducing everyone to her new partner, Jake. And it seems like he may be in the same boat and doesn't actually want to be publicly mentioned because he's actually deleted his public Instagram profile. So it seems like he doesn't want the limelight, which I feel like a lot of people would want. I actually think more of him Because it seems like he's not a clout chaser. He wants to stand on his own two feet and not get Instagram fame off an influencer, which is quite unusual in this area. I do see where you're coming from, Kate. But on the other hand, I think that there is something supportive about a boyfriend actually wanting to appear in your vlogs and take part in them because it's like they're proud to be with you. I understand where you're coming from because if it's a relatively unknown person coming in, it could look like they were using the person Mm. for notoriety and fame. But at the same time, I think boyfriends add a lot to women's channels. Well, I think you're coming from a perspective of a viewer because we were talking about before, everyone's channel is better if they have someone to bounce off. And I feel like a lot of influencers take their profile to the next step when they introduce a partner, but it can be really hard on that person. I mean, I listen to Sarah's Day's podcast, The Health Code, and they keep referring to Kurt as, you know, that Sarah's Batman and he's Robin. And while that may be the dynamic in their relationship, it does make things a little bit difficult for the person that is seen as this sidekick that's taken along for the ride because they are a person in their own right and have thoughts and feelings. Yeah, but I also think if you're an influencer and you want to transparently share about your life, 
at some point you are going to have to introduce your viewers to your partner. Otherwise, it just comes across as a little bit fake and that you're not willing to let people in. And I also think it was a bit contradictory her to make mention of Mitch when she was answering this question because in one sense, she's saying she's enjoying the privacy in a new relationship. But then in a second breath, she's opening up about her past relationship and telling her followers that she felt trapped. I do wonder if it's because Mitch was quite a popular fixture on her channel and a lot of her followers seem to like him and be questioning what actually happened. But she also might be annoyed that because of her, he has gained a profile and been able to launch a successful brand off the back of her popularity. Tracing back to what you said about influencers needing a partner, Brittany Saunders has operated without sharing her private life on Instagram and YouTube. I mean, I know she now sort of centers around her businesses, but I don't think you need to show every detail with your partner in order to be popular. It's just easier to gain that notoriety as a couple. Yeah, but by not introducing Jake to her followers, I feel like she's putting more attention on her and Mitch because he's all that she seems to be talking about by making little jibes or snipes at him. Yeah, but the thing is, I don't think it's Talia's choice. I think she would love Jake to be in her videos. It seems like Jake doesn't want to be involved. He dumped me. Oh, dear. He let me on. That's not strictly true, is it, Kerry? He tried to have sex with me and then he dumped me. Is that correct, Kerry? (laughs) You should be ashamed of yourself. Now, rumours have been swirling that influencer Sammy Robinson and Jordan Simmy have broken up, and influencer updates may have provided the final nail in the coffin. So they shared a screenshot of what appears to be Sammy Robinson on dating app Raya. Now, a follower sent in a screenshot of Sammy's profile and it listed Sammy as 32 years old from Australia. However, in her caption, it said, I'm actually 25 but can't seem to figure out how to change the app. It also had her Instagram handle attached. Now, Sophie, for those who don't know what Raya is, it's a little bit different to Tinder. Can you please explain? Well, the thing is, many people may be questioning the validity of that screenshot, but Raya is an invite-only app, so I can't imagine that they'd be allowing someone pretending to be Sammy Robinson on there. So Raya was launched in 2015, and it describes itself as a community of people interested in dating, networking, and making friends. Now, while it doesn't specifically outline itself as a dating app purely for celebrities, That's basically what it is because it really prides itself on exclusivity. And also, as I mentioned, it is an invite only app. So you have to apply to be part of the app. But being accepted is no easy task. So a whopping 92% of membership applications fail to get through. And as part of the applications, you need to include your Instagram handle and have a referral from someone who's already a member. I would love to know who the person was that sent their screenshot to influencer updates. Like, Who are they? Because they must be quite a big name to be on the app. Well, it's even more confusing because the app makes a big deal about privacy. So in Raya's terms and conditions, they ban users on taking screenshots of the app or disclosing the identity of any user. So in the case of Sammy, clearly someone has broken the rules here and breached the guidelines. Imagine if it was Sammy leaking it just to piss Jordan Simi off. <laughs> the other confusing thing is that, as we said, in order to get on the app, you need to have a referral from someone. And if you don't have a referral, the process takes even longer. So I've heard of it taking some people six months to get on the app. So for me, the question then arises, when did Sammy apply to be on this app? Did she meet Jordan on the app? 
Well, that's a good point because she seems to have got on it pretty quickly because it's only the last couple of weeks that these rumors have been swirling that they have broken up. So if you meet someone, do you then pause your subscription? Because it's funny because a lot of people are like, oh, you know, you better delete Tinder now that you're in a relationship. But maybe you just put this one on pause if it's so hard to get back onto. Well, unfortunately, I don't think I could make my way onto the app. I don't think I would get past the application process. But well, you've also got a fiance. But yeah. <laughs> well, I was listening to a podcast with Madison Woolley and she explained that she used to be on Raya before she dated Jonathan Sauer, but she kept her profile up because it's so hard to get it on there. I suppose she was keeping her options open. Yeah, it's pretty interesting. So when we're talking about celebrities, what sort of caliber of celebs are we talking about that we would find on this app? Well, there have been articles about people like Ben Affleck and Drew Barrymore being on the app. But on a local front, Brittany Hockley has opened up about meeting her now ex-boyfriend Jordan Thompson on there. That's a little bit awkward. I remember when she was promoting Bumble. (laughs) Yeah. The whole thing is it's a little bit difficult to get a definitive list of the celebrities on the app because there is so much privacy around it. And I suppose that people don't want to get banned from being on there by revealing who is actually on there. Yeah, exactly. I do feel a little bit sorry for Sammy kind of being outed as being on the dating app. I mean, I know that they're very normal these days, but there's something about putting yourself out there on a dating app that and then finding it all over gossip pages. I mean, I know we're talking about it now, but there's a part of me that feels a bit sorry for her. But then if she's able to be socializing with all these A-listers, not so sorry. I remember going on Tinder probably, God, 10 years ago or so now. And not it wasn't relatively new, but it was sort of, you kind of didn't want to be seen it's on there. taboo. Like, yeah, and I was always so scared that someone would take a screenshot of my profile because I feel like it's almost embarrassing. Like, what photos have I picked of myself that I think are the best? And it's weird when people include you in their Tinder photos and you're like, oh, I didn't know my photo was on that app. <laughs> well, more clues that this pair aren't together if you actually needed them is that Jordan has removed his highlights of Sammy on his Instagram page. And if that doesn't say it's done, then I don't know what does really. So today we are here in what is this island? Maui. 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 I know it's deja vu. I'm not wearing the same thing in case you guys are looking at my last vlog. But Peter and I are here with Benefit Cosmetics, introducing the extension of their hula line. Benefit Cosmetics' latest influencer trip to Hawaii has come under fire. The brand is being accused of ignoring locals' pleas to stop visiting amid a post-pandemic boom. Now, so if I'm still trying to get my head around the fact that international influencer trips are back... Yeah, it's been really surreal seeing influencers back on all expenses paid luxury getaways. I did think this was going to be something of the past. And this week, Australian influencers Isabel Clark, Mimi in Sydney and AJ Clementine joined a bunch of international influencers in Hawaii to celebrate the launch of Benefit's new blush collection. No expenses seem to be spared for the influencers who flew on a private jet to the island and have been enjoying five-star treatments since they landed. Now, it's not the first time Benefit has sent influencers to Hawaii. They've been hosting influencers on the island since 2016. This trip, however, has added fuel to the fire for a brand that has been accused of appropriating and commodifying traditional Hawaiian culture. So Benefit's Cosmetics is known for using Hawaiian culture as a marketing strategy. You only have to think back to their marketing collateral, which used to feature hula girls and lei garlands. 
In 2019, they even went as far as saying, say aloha to two new shades of the brand's new bronzer. Now, the brand isn't owned by native Hawaiians. It was founded in California in 1976 by twin sisters Jean and Jane Ford. God, why the hell would you name your twins Jean and Jane? That's pretty cruel. (laughs) Now, the brand is a subsidiary of French holding company LVMH, which specializes in luxury goods, including Louis Vuitton. Now, most people would presume tourism is a good thing, particularly after all of the lockdowns. Kate, can you explain why this isn't the case for Hawaii? Well, the lockdown actually played a part. So as soon as travel restrictions were lifted, Hawaii copped the full brunt of US tourists looking for a quick tropical getaway. And tens of thousands of extra US tourists visited the islands with visitor numbers exceeding pre-pandemic levels. Now, to put those figures into perspective, in 2019, 7 million tourists visited Hawaii. Now, to provide some further context, Hawaii's most popular island, Oahu, has a population of over 800,000 people, excluding tourists, and the island is less than 600 square miles. As for Hawaii's second largest island, Maui, they're receiving around 300,000 arrivals each month, which actually caused the mayor this month to ask airlines to reduce the number of incoming flights arriving there. Now, unfortunately, the airlines have ignored the pleas. The Hawaiian Tourism Board also has not banned tourists, but has shared guidelines for those visiting on how to minimise the impact on the island. Now, Soph, can you tell us what sort of problems this over-tourism is causing? Well, it did start last year when fully vaccinated travellers from the US were able to skip quarantine and pre-flight testing. And this was another lure which made Americans favour Hawaii over other travel destinations. And the decision obviously resulted in a rise in COVID cases, as well as tourists breaking COVID safety protocols. And sadly, the native Hawaiian population has been disproportionately and widely affected by COVID. A massive 30% of positive patients were native Hawaiians despite making up only 4% of Hawaii's population. There are a couple of other complications around the island as well, which include shortages of hospitality workers, congested roads, water shortages, and 90-minute restaurant waiting times. So due to this water shortage, residents of Maui are not allowed to wash their cars, water their lawns, or take part in non-essential water-related activities. Otherwise, they do risk fines of $500, There are also growing concerns that natives are going to be displaced as the government prioritises tourist attractions. And they're also concerned that a lot of sacred sites will be ruined by these tourist attractions. So it's really sad what's happening there at the moment. There's also been a rise of holidaymakers acting badly. Now, videos emerged on social media of tourists touching endangered Hawaiian monk seals and hiking on forbidden trails. Now, these incidences have caused the Hawaiian Tourism Board to implement changes in a bid to preserve the island. So beaches and hiking areas that were free to visit pre-pandemic are now only accessible through reservations. Additionally, certain areas are now closed a few times a week to ensure the natural ecosystems have time to heal. So what has the backlash been like for Benefit Cosmetics? The brand is being absolutely slammed on Twitter at the moment. One user wrote, Natives have been very clear about not wanting tourists right now and the current issues they're facing like water shortages, etc. I think you're mighty irresponsible if you're an influencer on this trip. 
Benefit are a shit company for many reasons, but this, wow. Another user wrote, Benefit Cosmetics planning an influencer trip to Hawaii after people have made it explicitly clear that the island can't accommodate any more tourists is so evil. Another tweet said, Benefit doing a press trip to Hawaii amongst Hawaiians trending on TikTok for advising tourists not to visit for a multitude of reasons is awful timing and bad PR. Now, amid the backlash, Benefit have come out and released a statement on their Instagram story, which read, At Benefit, we are committed to supporting local communities in everything we do. Across every touchpoint, we have partnered with culture experts, local artisans, business owners and entertainers from across the island to ensure our time here is done responsibly and respectfully. They went on to say, To aid in preserving Hawaii's natural beauty, we have made a donation on behalf of the group travelling to Sustainable Coastlines Hawaii a non-profit organization that inspires local communities to care for their coastline. This just isn't a good look for Benefit Cosmetics. I mean, they've already been criticized in the past for appropriating and commodifying traditional Hawaiian culture. I don't know why they would continue pushing with this, particularly because it is trending on TikTok at the moment. You'd think that the person organizing this trip would be across it. I've been seeing bits and pieces of this trip on Instagram and there has definitely been a lot of organization that's gone into it. So I do wonder how easy it would have been for them to cancel it. But it does feel like this has been brewing for a while. And for a brand that has had a lot of trips to Hawaii, they surely would know what is going on in this state. And as you said, I just the more I hear about it, I just think this has got PR disaster written all over it. It is not going to be good for the brand because the thing is, I have been watching a lot of influencers going on brand trips more and more. And there was that one that Madison Woolley went to in Fiji. I can't even remember what the brand was. All I remember thinking was, fuck, this trip looks epic. Maybe I should go to Fiji. However, unfortunately for Benefit, I remember the brand because they've done something offensive to another culture in this instance. The thing is, I always feel like it's more publicity for the actual location than it is for the product Mm. because quite often the influencers just talk about, you know, the accommodation, their flight over there, the fact that they're excited to be somewhere new. And we just see a couple of logos in the background and they're so desperate for them to show something of the product. I was really shocked when I saw Madison Woolley's Fiji vlog because, as I said, she got flown over with a skincare company and she is literally known for promoting Sunday Riley and she's there opening up the containers of free skincare and they've got like the plastic peel that you have to peel off and it's so obvious that she never uses this stuff. And there was one point in the video where she said, oh, I didn't feel comfortable vlogging because I didn't want to make, you know, shove my camera in the faces of the people there and make them feel uncomfortable. These people were influencers. They're being paid to vlog the trip. I just can't get over people forgetting to bring their camera or not feeling comfortable Mm. vlogging. This is your job. As someone who works in PR, that's all we want influencers to do. We just want you to film when you're there. We don't care how brash you're being with it. I mean, another question a lot of people have is how do brands possibly get a return on investment when they're flying all these influencers first class, putting them up in the Mm. best accommodation? Now, I just want to explain 
the concept of influencer trips. A lot of the time, it's not necessarily for a return on investment, but it's for brand exposure. So a lot of these brands have a huge budget that they have to use up for marketing purposes. So they will reserve a chunk of that budget for one of these influencer trips. So for them, it's more about ticking a box. It's not necessarily about getting a return on investment. See, I I disagree. I think that brand awareness, you are still expecting some sort of return on investment, particularly for brands that are established like Benefit. I think a trip like this in the past would have got them a huge return on investment, but I'm questioning whether it's still relevant at the moment post-pandemic. The thing is, you've got to remember that influencer trips evolve from press junkets. So, Journalists used to be sent on these beautiful overseas trips treated like kings so that they would write about the product. But the influencers simply posting about the product on their platforms is probably now reaching more people than mainstream publications. So that's why they're doing it. But they're not necessarily thinking, hey, we're going to sell a thousand lipsticks. But that's exactly why they're doing it. That's exactly why they're doing it. Yeah, but what you don't understand is that a lot of the time in PR and marketing, it's almost about proving how many people you've reached, not how many sales you've actually made. I'm saying for the role of the marketer. I think that might be for smaller brands, but I think there are brands that can afford these massive trips and are actually putting a lot of marketing See, budget I, into them. They would be expecting a return on investment. And I, I understand opposite, what you're saying. Kate, I argue the opposite. I think it's actually smaller brands who are desperate for the return on investment because they need that return on investment to stay afloat. Whereas I think that a lot of larger businesses have larger spend so they can try out things and see if they work. But it's not so much trying it out because influencer marketing trips have been a thing since probably 2012 or 13. And I understand the progression from junkets with journalists now onto influencer trips. But I think that we're at a point where it needs something's going to change because I don't think personally, and I could be wrong, but I don't think that they're going to have the effect that they previously have. Yeah, but they're probably trying them again after the pandemic. Yeah, Yeah, I remember when every influencer was in the Maldives promoting, I think it was Benefit as well, or or no, or was it Tarte? I think it was Tarte Cosmetics. And that used to be like the biggest deal. But I, I am really surprised how quickly these influencer trips are coming back up. So I think it's going to be really quite fascinating to see how they evolve and if they continue, or if we suddenly see a drop off, then we know that they're not really working anymore. Well, you've got to reflect on the first influencer trip we probably spoke about since the pandemic, and that was Georgia Love and Lee Elliott going to Saudi Arabia. And it put a spotlight on what responsibility do influencers have before they commit to a trip like this. And in terms of the influencers like Isabel Clark, who were on these trips, do you think they should be doing their research before attending? I definitely do. They are aligning their personal brand with Benefit. And in this case, Benefit are receiving a lot of negative PR and it doesn't look great for the influencers. They look very small minded. It doesn't take long to Google and have it do a bit of research into the location that you're visiting. And a lot of these influencers have managers that should be looking into whether this trip is a good idea for their talent. And in this instance, it was not. Well, I think that's all we have time for today. Thank you so much for listening. If you have enjoyed it, could you please make sure you are subscribed on Apple Podcasts and Spotify? 
And don't forget to join in on all the conversations in our Facebook community, which is Outspoken, the podcast community. And give us a follow on Instagram and TikTok. Our handle is Outspoken underscore the underscore podcast. I really enjoyed that some people were tagging where they were listening from. So thank you so much for doing that. If you could do it again this week, I'd absolutely love to see them. Oh, I was having so much FOMO from one of the listeners that was in Fiji. That looked incredible. So if anyone else is on a holiday, let's see it. (laughs) See, this is where the influencer trips have got us again. I just want to go to Fiji now after seeing a whole bunch of influencers there.